no one has yet discovered how to apply psychotherapy on a mass basis. Psychotherapy and the ways of liberation have two interests in common. First, the transformation of consciousness, of the inner feeling of one's own existence. And second, the release of the individual from the forms of conditioning imposed upon him by social institutions. 64,000 is the median number of words per book. Average person reads about 200 words per minute. Simple math will tell us that is one book in 320 minutes. To accomplish this in seven days, numbers say you would have to read for 45 minutes a day. forget to subscribe, hit that notification button, like, comment, and share. Enjoy. Welcome to the Book of the Week series. Every week, as I read another amazing title, I share it with the world. My name is Igor S.F. Walker. Today, we look at Psychotherapy, East and West, by Alan Watts. So how about you slow down and relax? Reduce all that noise for just a bit. Make that choice and decide to listen. In this video, we look at a book that tries to find some basic design common to the methods and objectives of psychotherapy on the one end and the disciplines of Buddhism, Vedanta, Yoga, Taoism on the other. The latter are not, perhaps, psychotherapies in the strict sense, but there is enough resemblance to make the comparison important. So stick around till the end. I will share with you some tools I haven't used that will help you tremendously in this game of life. Discover a way to find out what actually motivates you, what innate human need is driving all of your decisions and your behavior. I will share some tools to improve your self-awareness, social awareness, self-management, and relationship management. Watt describes what he feels to be most fruitful way in which Eastern and Western psychotherapies can fertilize one another. For not only have they much to learn from each other, but also it seems to me that the comparison brings out hidden and highly important aspects of both. Wonderful as I have found them, I do not believe that the Eastern disciplines are the last word in the sacrosanct an immemorial wisdom such that the world must come and sit humbly at the feet of their masters. Nor do I feel that there is a gospel, according to Freud or to Jung, in which the great psychological truths are forever fixed. Psychoanalysis in particular and depth psychology in general 
seem to me to be increasingly out of touch with all that has been going on in the sciences of human behavior in the last 30 years. The main resemblance between the Eastern ways of life <clears throat> and Western psychotherapy is the concern of both with bringing about changes of consciousness, changes in our ways of feeling, our own existence, and our relation to human society and the natural world. The idea of stuff expresses no more than the experience of coming to a limit at which our senses or our instruments are simply not fine enough to make out the pattern. The farther and more deeply we penetrate into matter by means of increasingly powerful methods, the more we are confounded by the independence of its parts. It is impossible to cut into this network, to isolate a portion without it becoming frail and unraveled at all its edges. The effect of this upon the study of human behavior that it becomes impossible to separate psychological patterns from patterns that are sociological, biological, or ecological. Buddhism in common with such aspects of Hinduism and Vedanta and Yoga and with Taoism in China is not a culture but a critique of culture, an enduring non-violent revolution or loyal opposition to the culture with which it is involved. The therapist who's really interested in helping the individual is actually forced into social criticism. This does not mean that he or she has to engage directly into a political revolution. It means that he has to help the individual in liberating himself from various forms of social conditioning, which includes liberation from hating this conditioning, hatred being a form of bondage to its object. But from this point of view, <clears throat> the troubles and symptoms from which the patient seeks relief and the unconscious factors behind them cease to be merely psychological. The aim of a way of liberation is not the destruction of Maya, the illusion, but seeing it for what it is, or seeing through it. Play is not to be taken seriously, or in other words, ideas of the world and of oneself, which are actually social conventions and institutions, are not to be confused with reality. For when a man no longer confuses himself with the definitions of himself that others have given him, he is at once 
universal and unique. He is universal by virtue of the inseparability of his organism from the cosmos. And he is unique in that he is just this organism and not any stereotype of role, class, or identity assumed for the convenience of social communication. There is a direct conflict between the individual organism and what others say it is expected to be. The multitudinous differences between individuals and their social context lead to as many ways of seeking relief out of this conflict. Some seek it in the psychosis and the neurosis, which then lead to psychiatric treatment. But for the most part, release is sought in the socially permissible orgies of mass entertainment, religious fanaticism, chronic sexual titillations, alcoholism, war, the whole sad list of tedious and barbarous escapes. <clears throat> if moreover we are serious of understanding all we can of personality, its integration and its disintegration, we must understand the meaning of the personalization, those experiences in which individual self-awareness is abrogated and the individual melts into an awareness which is no longer anchored upon selfhood. Such as experiences are described by Hinduism uh, as the ultimate unification of the individual with the Atman, the super-individual cosmic entity which transcends both selfhood and materiality. It cannot be stressed too strongly that liberation does not involve the loss or destruction of such conventional concepts as the ego. It means seeing through them in the same way that we can use the idea of the equator without confusing it with a physical mark upon the surface of the earth. Instead of falling below the ego, liberation surpasses it. The psychotherapist is perfectly in accord with the ways of liberation in describing the goal of therapy as individuation, Jung, self-actualization, Maslow, functional autonomy, Alport, or creative selfhood, Adler. But every plant that is to come to its full fruition must be embedded in the soil so that its stem ascends the whole earth, reaches up to the sun. Society is not so much a thing as it is a process of action which is really indistinguishable from human beings and animals and life itself, that no human organism exists without male and female parents, 
is already a society. As a pattern of behavior, society is above all a system of people in communication maintained by consistent action. When we say that an organism likes to go on living, or that it does go on living because it likes it, what evidence is there for this like? Except that it does in fact go on living until it doesn't. <clears throat> we always choose what we prefer. Says no more than that we always choose what we choose. Language and thoughts are cleaner without these ghostly instincts, urges, and necessities. An enduring organism is simply one that is consistent with its environment. Its climate and its food agree with it. Its patterns assimilates them eliminating what does not agree and in this consistent motion this transformation of food and air into the pattern of the organism is what we call its existence there is no mysterious necessity for this continue or discontinue <coughs> to say that there is no necessity for things to happen as they do is perhaps another way of saying that the world is play. The whole trend of modern science seems to be establishing the fact that for the most part they actually do. Things must be seen together with a form of space between them. <clears throat> Society is always insecure and thus hostile to anyone that challenges its conventions directly to disabuse oneself of accepted mythologies without becoming the victim of other people's anxiety requires considerable tact. Psychotherapy and the ways of liberation have common ground. We must start from the well-recognized fact that the old ways of liberation, Buddhism, Vedanta, Yoga, Taoism, assert that ordinary egocentric consciousness is a limited and impoverished consciousness without foundation in reality. Whether its basis is physical or social, biological or cultural, remains to be seen. But there is no doubt that release from this particular limitation is the aim of all four ways. In every case, the method involves meditation which may take the form of concentrated attention upon some particular object, problem, or aspect of consciousness, or simply of the relaxed and detached observation of whatever comes into mind. It should be noted that when anyone has a reputation for extraordinary power,
power or a skill of any kind, people will go out of their way to discover it in the ordinary coincidences of the life that actually goes around him and to interpret perfectly normal events in a supernormal way. The comedian is often one who can be so beguile an audience into expecting him to be witty that he can set them to burst into their sides with quite ordinary remarks. The philosopher, too, can create situations in which sheer nonsense or platitudes strike listeners as the greatest profoundities. And this may also happen quite without his intention. In the same way, people are positively eager to confirm a particular psychiatrist's reputation for reading their characters like a book. And the whole skill of the fortune teller is in exploiting the information which his clients let slip in their eagerness to have him read their past and foretell their future. Under such circumstances, it is quite useless for the man of power to deny his magic, his sanctity, his wit, his profundity, for a denial will simply be taken as modesty. Social conventions, in direct contradiction, with physical patterns, cannot support an enduring society if this is romantic primitivism. Psychotherapy is no less so in our own age in advocating ways of life that are consistent with human biology rather than social tradition. In Confucianism, the source of authority was a traditional literature. In Taoism, it was the observation of the natural universe. And as Needham has suggested, there is a close parallel here with the break between Western science, reading the book of nature, a Western scholasticism, reading only the Bible, Aristotle, and St. Thomas Aquinas. Sickness and death may be painful indeed, but what makes them problematic is that they are shameful to the ego. This is the same shame when we feel when caught out of role, as when a bishop is discovered picking his nose, or a politician weeping, for the ego is the role, the act, the ones in most self is permanent, that it is in control of the organism, and that while it has experiences, it is not involved in them. It is perfectly natural that man himself should be the most unintelligible part of the universe. The way his organism looks to an outside observer, such as a neurosurgeon, is so astonishingly different from the way it feels from the inside. 
the way in which human behavior is described by the biologist or the sociologist is so unlike what is seen by the ordinary individual that he or she can hardly, barely recognize themselves. But the disparity is no different in principle from the shock of hearing for the first time a recording of one's own voice or from getting a frank description of one's character from a shrewd side observer. Ego arises out of the tension between the libido and the culture. The ego is a social artifact. Consciousness, there could be no knowing, no control of human affairs, no science, no art, without the opposition of the knower to the known. That is, of civilized order to nature and of the ego to the unconscious. All that is distinctively human is against nature, even though, and here's the conflict, it is inseparable from it. The ego is not a vital function of the organism. It is abstracted by social influence from memories. It is the hypothetical substance upon which memory is recorded. The constant which endures through all the changes of experiences. To identify with the ego is to confuse the organism with its history to make its guiding principle a narrowly selected and incomplete record of what it has been and done. The social psychologist is always in danger of being a determinist, seeing individual behavior as subordinate to social behavior. The organism as responding willy-nilly to the conditions of its environment. Ignorance is one of the rules of the game, but when the philosopher, the psychologist, or the psychiatrist begins to observe human behavior more carefully, he starts to question the rules and to notice the discrepancies between social definitions and physical events. With each jhana stage, the acceptance of what is includes more and more one's feelings about what is. There is going to come a point when the sphere of what is the world and the sphere of one's own feeling or desire about it, the ego, are actually identical. Whatever a therapist says or does not say in response to a patient, 
will circumscribe the patient's behavior. Even if a therapist says, I'm not going to tell you what to do. When a patient asks for directions, he is still directing the patient not to ask him what to do. If a patient complains to a therapist and the therapist is actually silent, the silence is inevitably a comment on the patient's behavior. And there you have it. Psychotherapy East and West. Please do help out. It is easy. Simply like this video. Like it so more people can enjoy it. If you have found value in this, if you have enjoyed it, please do like it. Share it too. Share it too. Spread the word. Do leave a comment and share your thoughts. Start a conversation with me. Start a conversation with each other. Psychotherapy, East and West. What a great topic. Subscribe to my channel and stay up to date. You know where to click, what to do in order to do this. The link to this book is in the description below. Buy it. Read Never stop learning, especially learning about yourself and nature. So gift yourself by taking the free human needs test on my website and find out what actually motivates you, what innate human need is driving all of your decisions and your behavior. And if you feel you are ready to improve your self-awareness, social awareness, self-management and relationship management even further, do check out my Master of Life Awareness program. The links are in the description below. Thank you. Love and respect.